Welcome to another episode of Contravariance. Yay! We're back for another really interesting topic. Um, Bina and I have both been uh, speaking at a conference recently and we wanted to give you some um, thoughts about conferences um, and then also maybe go a bit into detail uh, about the conference that we went to, which were two amazing conferences, uh, two amazingly different conferences as well, but two really amazing conferences. So, yeah, just conferences in general. Like, uh, can you tell me a bit, Vina, how did you get into conferences? Um, what well, the the first conference I kind of attended was WWDC in two thousand seven, and that's a long time ago. Um, and that was, and that's kind of obvious because it's such a big thing in the Apple world. Um, and so I, um, I really wanted to go there and back then it was easy to get tickets. So my boss at some point bought tickets. However, that's, that's a very typical conference where many people want to go. Um, but I find it much more interesting to, to, uh, talk about the, the non-official Apple conferences, uh, such as TriSwift or, um, various others. And so the first one I attended there was um, a actually a German one called Macoon, which is interestingly enough held in the German language, um, and but that was also for me an easy easy way to go there because if you want to go to a more international conference, then you have to take a flight, and everything is a bit more complicated. And that one, I would just enter a train and go there and uh, and try it out. And um, yeah, I heard about it, and I've, I couldn't really understand what it was about and what it was like because I. All I knew kind of was WWC, and um, I didn't really know what this conference was going to be because there were obviously no official Apple speakers and so on. And so the first time I went there, I was really excited um, and also impressed by by the quality of the talks and um, how a community organized conference in general worked. Um, so that was that made me want more. Um, what about you, Buzz? So I think it all started when there was there was a conference in uh, in Amsterdam uh, I think it was called MobiConf but don't quote me on that um, because I they changed their name and I don't know if they already changed their name doesn't matter and they had a, a speaker dinner and somehow I saw that on on Twitter and it was basically a speaker dinner where anybody could join and I was like hey that sounds fun there are some speakers that like or some people that I that I've heard of um, I was working near Amsterdam at the time and I was like, I mean, I can just go after work and enjoy like some food with these people and get to know them. And there were some organizers from uh, Coco Hats as well, which is actually a really nice, nicely set up in, in the Netherlands. They, because they, these people are also organizing this conference. And I spoke with them and I was like, hey, I don't know why, but I'm interest, interested in talking. Um, which led to me talking at a meetup, which made me interested in conferences in general. And then um, I ended up going to Try Swift in New York in 2016. And that was my first conference. And oh, it, was, it was amazing. And I really like from the get go, I had this feeling of like, I want to do this more. Um, and I started going to a few more conferences. And at some point I was also asked to, uh, to speak at some. Um, and to some other conferences via call for papers and yeah I, I really enjoy it nowadays so that was a short history on how that started um, 
Yeah. So for for the listeners that maybe never attended a conference or um, rarely attend a conference, I feel like oftentimes the question is um, why some people at least feel like why would you go to a community organized conference when you maybe in theory could go to DubDub. And I feel the, the interestingly, there's actually a really valid reason to go to a community conference, which is that um, when you could adapt up, you learn about the official sanctioned way of how to do things, <clears throat> excuse me, of how to do things um, on Apple's platforms. But that's not always how it actually works. Like when you start using things that way, it may break in various ways and you start to fire raiders may, maybe, or you, you need to find a way to work around some of the problems that they asked, uh, that you find when you actually try to use Apple's frameworks. And when you go to a community conference, you meet all these people that have actually, just like you, um, worked with these frameworks and found solutions maybe, or better processes to develop around the issues. And they present their best of kind solutions. And so there's a lot to learn at, at, a, at a community conference because so many people, even from big companies like Uber or like Twitter, um, present their findings and, and show you how they do things internally. So especially if you work in a bigger team, um, there's so much valuable in feedback and input that you can get at actual com conference um, to help you improve your workflow, your job, and, and well, actually then you, the, the quality of life because it affects you fundamentally, right? Yeah, first thing, I would like to say is that it's even like you don't have to go to conferences like I would say that you're missing out on 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 some things um, but it's not a requirement for for our um, for our jobs or whatever but they are a really nice resource and also then once you uh, once you are interested in them uh, you don't have to speak you can just attend and um, that's also super valuable and especially when comparing like WWDC with a community conference obviously at WWDC you can't you can't speak because that's going to be the Apple engineers um, but really don't feel like you would have to uh, like know like speaking or, or be a speaker at another conference and then I think it's also like WWDC can almost not be compared to other conferences. At WWDC, Apple tells you what's new and they might tell, like, give some more uh, deep thoughts about something that's been there for a while, but in general, like they announce what's new and they talk about it. And what you can see at a community conference is either a deeper dive on, on, on specific things, um, like Bena mentioned, where people actually started using this uh, technology and then share their findings um, but it can also be totally different where we have uh, we at TriSwift we had some um, less technical talks more emotional or more uh, compassionate talks and those are also super interesting and I don't think you see that at WWDC as much um, and that's only uh, talking about what speakers are talking about um, but there's obviously a lot more to conferences like networking, like meeting, like meeting people. I think those are two uh, separate things and just talking to people, getting to learn what others are doing. Um, and that's really interesting. Yeah. So let's briefly 
discuss how such a conference, a community conference works in general. So in general, usually, and correct me if I'm getting this wrong, but basically the way you, it usually happens is um, you arrive usually the day before because oftentimes you have to travel to get to such a conference and uh, maybe also a couple of days before depending on the company you work for so maybe you have some time to to arrive and to see the city where it happens um, and then in the morning there's a badge pickup where you pick up your badge and the conference actually starts with with different talks um, from different people then there's a lunch break in between where usually the, com the conference serves lunch and the quality depends from conference to conference um, and then there's another couple of talks, there's a coffee break, um, there's another couple of talks and then usually um, at, the end, at the end of the first day there's something organized where um, all the attendees can meet after the conference to share a beer together for example and, and do some socializing. Some conferences um, are more organized here where they, they, they have a, a venue booked for example and others are basically like we all meet in this area or in this bar in this pub so it's different. Um, and then the, the second day, usually, if there's a second day, there are some um, some conferences like Swift Fika, for example, that only there are only one day conferences. Uh, but if there's a second day, basically it, there are a couple of talks again, and then there's lunch and coffee breaks, and at the end there's uh, the end of the day. Um, and once again, people can meet up somewhere. But also at this point in time, some people already leave and and go back uh, to to their hometowns or to to their companies. And so, um, so it's usually oftentimes it two-day kind of thing yeah and i think like some indeed are like a one-day conference um but i think two days is somewhere is like most often an ideal uh, time because it's not too short it uh, okay i wouldn't say it's not too long because it, two days full attention is is hard um but you can learn a lot you you are not in a city for one day you can stay a bit longer um, and you can soak up a lot of knowledge. And then I think a second interesting part about conferences and how they are set up is that it's not only talks um, and, and networking and lunching, um, but different conferences do different things. So for example, at Try Swift, what they do is you have a talk um, and then the, the next talk starts right after, but you can also opt to go and speak to the previous speaker um, in a like more private area so you can actually discuss like go more in depth with those speakers and you don't have to necessarily go to all the talk all the talks there are some conferences that are what we call multi-track where you have two like two stages and two people speaking at the same time so there you can also um, make a decision on what talk you want to want to go to and then some conferences also have the concept of workshops. So at NS Spain, for example, NS Spain is actually a three-day conference where the first day is a workshop-only day and the workshop is an additional ticket, so it costs additional money. Um, and there you can attend three workshops and learn very much, much in detail and in depth about a certain technology where the, the person giving the workshop also walks around and asks for questions and tries to help you. And then there are also conferences like Swift Alps or Swift Averro that are workshop only, where basically it's limited to, let's say, 60 attendees, 50 attendees, so a low number of attendees. And um, you can choose between one, it's basically a multi-track workshop conference where you can always choose which workshop to participate in, um, which is also really interesting. It's not about talks then. So, um, so there's a lot of variety in how conferences um, allow you to participate.
Yeah, and that's in the end, that's great for, for everyone. It's great for speakers that might want to do something different or want to do a workshop instead. Um, but it's obviously also really cool for attendees that have the choice to go to whatever conference that fits them the best. Um, and as well, like something really cool about conferences, um, that's something I'm excited about, is going to new places. Um, not, not even meeting the new people, but going to... I went to New York, you went to Spain, I've been to Paris, I've been, I'm going to Amsterdam. And like, it's really cool to just like go to places and, and get to know the local community, maybe even join like a meetup if you're in town for a bit longer. I think that's, that's an advice I would give people. Um, and then there's also the meeting of people because there are people from all around the world coming to that conference and you may run into somebody that you've only seen on Twitter so far or you have actually interacted on Twitter and but you may also um, talk to people you've never heard of that but you, you you find out you have a lot of shared interests and so on so um, or you talk in general just about work and how to solve certain things with Swift. Um, there's also a lot of benefit for that and it, it's easy to make friends I would say I that's something I found out it, it to make to um, like to meet people uh, maybe in the in the afternoon or the in the evening and do something together like sometimes people um, team up they meet at the conference and they realize they are all staying a bit longer so let's say including the weekend and then uh, they do something together at the weekend that also happens oftentimes yeah that's actually what happened to me also at Tri Swift where I met some people there and Uh, we basically went to and like enjoy New York together. Or um, I was, as Bas mentioned, at NS Spain, and we, with a couple of people, realized that we all had brought our Switch, Nintendo Switch console, and so we we all sat together and we played with eight people for two hours a Mario Kart tournament. Everybody like with two people on one Switch, and that was just because we realized, oh, everybody has a Switch. Why don't we just play Mario Kart? It was really fun. Yeah, and then another thing is that. I hear this from from uh, especially attendees at conferences where some of them might not be comfortable enough to talk to a speaker and most of the time that is because hey they might be busy or they might be talking to someone else or they might be really exhausted because they already gave a talk and I think I'm speaking from I'm pretty sure that I'm speaking for most of this the, the, the speakers out there we love it we love it when you tell us uh, whatever you think And we love to talk to you. And if you if you're at a conference, really just do it. Um, but at the same time, you can also learn a lot from just other attendees because everybody at the conference has at least some shared like knowledge and some shared uh, interests. And for me, I think like mostly the like there there are some attendees that you might not like know, but they have the most interesting stories. And yeah, that like continues to like not baffle me but like that's really cool to see every time again yeah absolutely um it's one of the things that you only realize when you when you do it for some time just how useful it is the the kind of things you learn so another thing we wanted to go into is actually organizing a conference and not how to organize a conference um but just like it's crazy how much effort and how much time goes into organizing a conference and i think that that is maybe undervalued um, and I think it's really good to realize like hey how many people are actually working on this from from organizers to volunteers to speakers to like even the attendees that are there uh, absolutely usually when you when you look at that um, how big the team is that organizes the conference it's usually a pretty small team 
um, because not many people have that much time and maybe they also have children and so on so it's kind of kind of difficult to, to actually take that time to organize a conference and then there's so much to it you have to find a venue you have to book the venue you have to make sure that there's food delivery for so many people that there are enough drinks for so many people um, then maybe you have to make sure that the the city you where you host it in has at that time no other big event so that maybe the hotels are all booked out which can also happen um, and then you need um, the website you need travel plans and then one really one thing many people forget is that most most of the attendees maybe have one question that they are emailing the uh, the organizer with but that's like if it's a 300 person conference that's already 300 emails they all have to reply to so there's a lot of communication overhead too and then things always go wrong so the when you might have a problem something might be uh, booked incorrectly um, and other things and somebody that wants to attend the conference the car breaks down on the way to the conference and he needs help and he doesn't know anybody else in that country these things happen and for the organizer it's just so much work and we should really be happy that we have so many conferences in Swiftland and Appleland that actually are, are made by volunteers um, every year, um, even though they get very little out of it usually. Yeah, and it's like, yeah, it's just really, really cool to see um, those people organizing all the different conferences in like for different like uh, kind of attendees in different countries with different setups. and it's amazing to see how they do it and I think something also that we should also not forget is like you can prepare a lot and you will have to prepare a lot for a conference um, but then in the end it does come down like mostly to those few days um, and then it's hard to get everything right and I think in general it's good to know, to be aware of that and uh, also the conference like organizers would love feedback but please be aware that some things might go wrong and those people have the very, very, very best intentions. Yeah. Another thing some people ask or wonder is if you want to give a talk at a conference, um, how do you do it? Okay, so that depends on the conference. Um, I think the most approachable for anyone, uh, like the most approachable way for anyone is that many conferences have something that we call a call for papers. Um, which is basically, hey, we are looking for speakers. Um, please pitch us a like talk. Please pitch us a presentation. What do you want to talk about? What like give a short introduction or an, what we call an abstract on what it's about. And there you can like either be picked or not, or depending on how how they do it. Um, most of the time, I think it's mixed with actually like some people already like pre-picked. Um, because that's another thing as a conference you need to sell tickets right so you have to make it interesting somehow and and oftentimes you see it that uh, some interesting um, speakers are, are pre-picked um, there are conferences that rely on this these call for papers that are completely anonymous where you can't like even the conference organizers uh, won't know who's speaking until actual like other people have voted on these topics um, then you have conferences like try swift um, where all the speakers are approached and asked to speak there um, they do actually have some kind of way of you letting know like hey i would be interested in speaking and i would if so i would want to talk about uh, topic x y or z um, and then just talk to people if you get the chance to like 
the coming back to how I got uh, like at my first conference, I was actually working on the open source app from TriSwift. And then Natasha actually approached me like, hey, do you, would you be interested in coming over to New York? So I think there are lots of ways to get involved. Um, but definitely like if you, if you're interested, um, have a look at the, the call for papers and there are like, what's also really cool is that there is actually, uh, some people that offer help for anyone who's interested in like doing a talk, like, Hey, if you need help for, uh, to write the abstract or to form an idea of what you want to talk about, they offer that. And I think that's, that's amazing to see. And another thing that's also nice that some conferences offer um, is a, a thing called lightning talks, where when you're attending the conference, they will uh, ask that, let's say the next day for one hour, um, they will allow several people to go each after the other, obviously, on stage and give a five to ten minute talk on a certain topic. So if you're an attendee at that conference, you can basically just have a first feel of how it is to give a to give a talk basically you ask if you can give a lightning talk and usually not many people ask so there's oftentimes a free slot and then you can go up and you only have let's say one day to prepare your slides and uh, but it's also has to be a short talk so um, that that is a very nice way to to get a feeling for giving a talk and some of these conferences actually publish the video of the lightning talks so then you also have a basically given a talk and you have a video of it and that also for other conferences makes it easier to to apply because you can give them a link of a talk you already gave yeah just to go into that a little bit more i think there are two kinds of lightning talks where one of them is what you de uh, described, where attendees are given the chance to give a short talk. Um, there's another kind of lightning talk where, um, for example, at FrenchKit last year, I did that. It was just a 15 minute talk. So I was actually like, like I filled out the CFP and they approached me like, hey, do you want it? Do you want a lightning talk about this? Um, so it's not like a typical I think normally like 25, 30 minutes, I think is most uh, usual in, in, in iOS, um, but it's like a shorter talk. So I think that's also something interesting for, for first time speakers. Do we briefly want to talk about the conferences we recently attended? Yeah, of course. So let's start by with TriSwift. Oh God. So I went to, <laughs> I went to TriSwift in New York again. So the first time I was there was in 2016, um, just as an attendee. And this year uh, I was approached by Natasha to speak there. And I was actually thinking, because I fell in love with New York the first time. So I was thinking like, yeah, I want to go there. And I did. And I went there, like the conference was on Tuesday and Wednesday with a workshop day on Monday. Um, and I gave both both a talk and a workshop. So I was there for a week. So it was already like, hey, I have half the week conference and half the week I can, can do whatever I want, which was a really nice feeling. Um, and then, yeah, I did like all of it. I gave a workshop on Monday on accessibility, which is something I'm really passionate about. Um, and also like love the feedback uh, that we got out of there. And then on Tuesday, I had a slot in the morning where it talked about the history of Swift um, pre version one. And 
then the other like the other two days like the rest of the day and the next day were some really interesting talks by like first time speaker from from first time speakers to well-known people uh someone like matt uh, thompson from ns hipster for example or uh, ash farrow uh, who works at artsy uh, but also some first time speakers uh, so i think that was really awesome to see that there was this diversity uh, also in the uh, in the attendees and I met lots of great people that I'd never seen before but knew I've met lots of new people that I never even know uh, known before the event and yeah I I have difficulties expressing why I like TriSwift so much but I think they're doing an amazing job and if you get the chance to uh, I think it's a really, really interesting uh, conference to go to. So I will give a similar brief overview of over NS Spain. Mm -hmm. um, this is actually the third year that I've been attending NS Spain. So the the um, I went there in two, 2016, then last year, and then this year again. And this year I get a workshop on macOS development. And um, the good thing about the workshop is uh, the workshops on Wednesday and then the actual conference is on Thursday and Friday. And so that basically means that I was done with the workshop and I could fully concentrate on the conference and wouldn't need to um, work on slides and so on in the remaining days. Um, the, what's interesting about um, NS Spain is that it, it's not in a big city. Um, it happens in a very small Spanish city called Logroño, um, which is however you try to get there um, from Barcelona four hours by train or from uh, uh, Madrid four hours by train or from Bilbao like two hours by train so it's it's kind of difficult to reach um, but that has the advantage that um, when the the conference ends in the evening all the attendees basically flock to um, one street it's called Calle Lorel and this one street is where all the tapas bars and the uh, those nice restaurants can be found so that means that once the the conference time is over um, in the evening it's really easy to run into other attendees or into speakers and to talk talk to them while sharing a glass of wine for example and since this is not a metropolitan area, um, the wine is also really cheap. You pay like 80 then for a glass of wine and the tapas are similarly cheap. So that makes the whole feeling around the conference very familiar. It, it feels like a big family gathering, even though you basically were never part of the family before um, arriving at the conference, you immediately feel integrated. Um, the conference also has nice talk uh, talks usually. Um, there were a couple of well-known uh, well speakers. Um, and after the first day, that is not the con not the workshop day, but the um, the first conference day, that is Thursday, um, the organizers um, had a winery that was a bit outside the city, um, where basically all the attendees were boarding a bus and then or a couple of buses and then were driven to this winery where. Um, where the, the winery was shown, you, you would, were, were basically shown around the winery and in the end there was wine and tapas again. And um, the conference ends with um, a huge festival because that city celebrates uh, the biggest festival of the year at the end of the conference, by incident, I guess. And so, um, so many people stay into the weekend to, to actually also participate in the festival. And so that means if you stay a bit longer, then there are a lot of people that from the conference that you will still see in, in the streets in Calle Laurel because, um, because they, they are also staying for the festival. So if you, if you basically include the workshop, then you arrive on uh, Tuesday, basically go to the workshop. Um, then go to two conference days and then stay a bit longer, let's say a Saturday. And, Every day you meet 
kind of the same the same people, and that's just a great feeling, and it's really nice, and it also allows you to uh, to form strong bondings. Yeah, something you mentioned, I think, is also like a coincidental, like a like an extra, basically, of of conferences is like so many different people from different countries come together, and food. You 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 get used like you you see a lot of new food in the whatever city you're in. Um, but oftentimes also like attendees actually bring food. Um, I mean, I brought food from the Netherlands to a few conferences. Um, at TriSwift, there was someone who brought food from Spain. There was like ham and olives and chocolates. And like that brings this whole community feeling and, and bonds people together uh, with a really simple thing as food, which I think most of us like really like. and. I think that's so cool like that's that's the conference feeling like everybody wants to get to know each other and yeah like everybody does their own thing to feel comfortable um and that's that's so cool to see yeah absolutely i'm, I'm a huge fan of conferences um do we want to go into the final topic yeah so um, this is going to be a very brief one because we, we always have um, our special topic in the end and this is just a remark. After the end of Spain, I stayed a bit longer in Spain because uh, the company we work for has an office in Barcelona. and um, at the So I stayed there for a couple of days and then two of my friends from Germany came over and we wanted to have a weekend together in Barcelona. And one of them, he works for Google. He's a huge Android fan biggest Android fan and so we were sitting there outside on a, on a small table um, and having having a couple of tuppers in the evening and then um, he mentioned something about oh he still needs to call a friend I forgot the details and so he takes out his phone and then he holds it in front of his mouse and says test check check test and we couldn't stop laughing. We were like, what, what's happening now? It, it sounded like when you go to, go to the, the fair and there, there's this, and now we go for another round, 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 round. <laughs> kind of like that. And as it turns out, this beautiful, beloved Android device has some sort of bug where the microphone sometimes doesn't work, but he doesn't know when. So what, it does, what he does is he starts the Google Assistant and then talks to the Google Assistant a couple of test phrases to see if the microphone works, because if it doesn't work, he just needs to reboot the device. And I think we had we had so much fun for 30 minutes. I was crying out of fun because we made a lot of jokes based on that. And it was it was just great. And it reminded me that um, Android fans are really strong because they, they don't. He never talked about this before. He was always, no, this is the best phone. And he never talked about this. So I think there, there are probably a lot of things uh, with Android that are, that are not perfect, but we'll just not mention it. Yeah, but it's the same with iOS. I no, mean, there are no bugs on iOS. All right, sorry. Uh, <laughs> wait, I went off script here. <laughs> there are no bugs on iOS, none at all. Yeah, it's, it's, it's similar. Yeah, yeah we, we are also going, not going to mention it, but it was still fun. Awesome. Well, I think that wraps it up for this week. Um, we still plan on talking about networking and, and migrations and, and migrations. Yeah. Um, so that's something uh, you can look forward to. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, if you have any feedback, send us a mail, um, tweet us, and we'll include it or reply to it or respond in ways possible. Yeah, and uh, I would like to offer like anyone listening, uh, if you have any questions about speaking at a conference or attending a conference, uh, you can also always reach out to me. Um, or reach out to me. That's awesome. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay, guys, and enjoy. And thanks for listening. Bye.